0: So I first want to thank um, um, Jennifer Heggie, Pastor Jennifer is helping us today. And some of you may be going, who is that person up front in the robe that will be standing up and talking with us? Um, But for a church that has a plethora of pastors on a Sunday when we need like all hands on deck... This is a weekend where everybody was kind of scattered to the winds and we were um, spread a little thin. So I'm grateful for Jennifer. She's a United Methodist pastor that is part of our congregation. She is not currently serving a church of her own. And I'm so thankful that you are here to to be with us today and help us lead worship. Um, So we have a couple other celebrations. I just want to take a second to lift up because I don't think we celebrate enough. But this past week, one of our own, Joe Miller, received the Order of the Longleaf Pine from the governor of North Carolina. And that is a very prestigious award, and we are very proud of him and celebrate. He was at our 845, so we celebrated with him. But I just wanted to lift that up because um, we, it was well-deserved, and we are thankful for all he does also as a part of our church And then the other thing I want to celebrate is yesterday, we had our leadership planning retreat, and we had over 50 of the leaders of our church, all the members of our teams and our committees were here, and it was just a beautiful morning together where we shared our goals and our hopes and dreams for the coming year, where we... um, talked about what God is doing in our midst and particularly around our discipleship next steps program no it's not a program it's process Um, our next steps uh, system and it was so exciting to me to see that we are in such good hands y'all we have such amazing lay leaders in partnership with our staff that I cannot wait to see what God does um, in and through this church this year I just wanted to celebrate that. Um, one of the things you may notice, and it relates to today, is um, David Winkler did our devotion yesterday, and he gave us all these big, awkward sort of rocks. And we were to carry them around to represent our challenge for the year, our burden or our challenge for the year as leaders of the church. But at the very end, he reminded us that we don't have to carry this burden alone, right? We don't have to, um, shelter, uh, hold this challenge all alone. And so at the end of the day, we all placed our rocks at the foot of the cross that is by the prayer room on the backside of the chapel. And they're still there as a reminder that we as leaders recognize that God is the one that can carry all of the burdens that weigh us down and that we will lean into God, particularly um, when we are struggling with whatever we might face. And that relates to today as we continue to focus on um, healing. And so I share this story about uh, Pastor Lee Eckloff. He was telling about one of his church members named Dill. Dill was sharing, she had a friend, Corinne, who was in the hospital. She had broken her back in two places and had been in the hospital for over 10 weeks. And the doctors couldn't figure out why um, her healing had just ceased, stopped. And so she was struggling. And Dil had been nudged by God to go and visit her. But the nudging had come with this um, challenge to go and pray for Corinne and to lay her hands on Corinne. And this was way outside of Dil's comfort zone. So she was putting it off. Eventually, she did go to see her friend in the hospital, and they ended up chatting about everything under the sun, all the people that they knew, all of the, the things they held in common, and finally, Dill got enough nerve to ask what she had gone there to do, and said, Corinne, would you like for me to pray over you and to, to lay my hands on your back? And Corinne jumped at the offer. So Dill prayed for her, and she shared with her pastor, she said, you know, there wasn't this kind of um, sense of warmth that flowed through I me. Mean, there wasn't anything particularly strange that happened in that moment. She just knew she had been faithful to do what God had asked her to do. Three weeks later, her doorbell rings. She goes to the door. Standing on her front porch is Corinne. And she shared with Deal that the very next day, her doctors had sent her to get an MRI, and the test had revealed where the brakes were on her back but that they had been completely healed. Uh, Corinne ended up joining Deal's Bible study and even uh, a few weeks later, even ended up giving her heart, opening up her life uh, to Jesus. And so she experienced both a physical and a spiritual healing in that moment. But then there's another story to share with you about Dr. Jeffrey Boyd, who's a doctor from Waterbury, Connecticut. And his first wife, Pat, was very, very sick. Pat had diabetes. She'd had two heart attacks, ended up having to have a bypass. She then had two strokes. She eventually had to go on dialysis That ended up leading to having to have both of her legs amputated above her knee. Her life had been so hard. She and Jeff would go to the um, church every week and would participate in a healing service. So every week the pastors would pray over them and lay hands on them and they would just weep continuously. Now... The struggle was, as Jeff shared that, is that she was never healed. His wife was never healed from her infirmities. But there was evidence for him of the, the positive effects of this spiritual healing that took place, even though there was no miraculous cure He described it as each week receiving spiritual strength, much like the Israelites received manna in the wilderness. They had just enough, not too much and not too little, just enough to sustain them for whatever the next week's challenge would bring. And he would go on to say, and it it also reminded him of the Lord's Prayer, where it said, give us this day your daily bread. He would go on to say that he and his wife, Pat, experienced healing prayer in a way that didn't lead to a a curative power that changed her medical outcome. Instead, the curative power was in terms of keeping in touch with the Lord and receiving that spiritual sustenance that they needed. And there was also power in connecting with the community that by praying with Pat each week, they were able to stay um, connected with what her needs were and to offer her support. That was the power in that moment. So, y'all, that's two different healing stories, two different healing experiences. But examples of the variety of ways in which... We or those we love can experience healing from God. And that's what we're going to talk about today, God's healing touch. How does that work in our lives? We're going to have the opportunity to um, participate that at, in that at the end of our worship. But I first want to make sure we understand what does this mean? And the best place to start is in Scripture. So, we're going to hear a few verses from Psalm that talk about God's healing, and then a snapshot from the New Testament about um, the practice of prayer and healing. Psalm 103, verses 2 through 5. Should sound a little familiar. Praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases. Who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion. Who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. And then from James 5 verses 13 through 16. If any of you are suffering, they should pray. If any of you are happy, they should sing. If any of you are sick, they should call for the elders of the church and the elders should pray over them, anointing them with oil in the name of the Lord. Prayer that comes from faith will heal the sick, for the Lord will restore them to health. And if they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful. And effective. This is the word of God for all God's people. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Lord, your word can bring such comfort. Help us this day to understand how you offer and bring healing into our lives, how you can redeem and renew our very spirit. Amen. So I realize some of you might be like, The way my husband was reacting this morning when I told him what we were going to be doing at church. Thinking, oh my gosh, this is a Sunday. I wish I had a conflict or somewhere else to be. Or to be sitting there strategically thinking, how can I time a trip to the restroom right at the end of the service? Because some of us may be unsure or uncomfortable with this concept of healing. Um, as we're talking about it here in the church and experiencing it. But I'm really glad, I'm really glad that each and every one of you are here today. Because I believe that today will be and already has been an amazing blessing for us. I'm so sad, though, that Pastor Jeff can't be here this morning because this is actually his vision. This was his hope and desire, to have a healing service a couple of times a year in Sunday morning. And he had put a lot of work into it. And then with the loss of his mother this past week uh, to be where he needed to be with family, um, I'm just sad he's not here because uh, particularly now he is in need of healing, healing touch with the grief that he is going through right now with the unexpected loss of his mom. But my hope is in the next couple of minutes that we can share an understanding of the power of healing and the ways that God works um, when it comes to providing healing. Because if we're being honest, that can get a little dicey, theologically speaking. Because we know that healing doesn't occur across the board consistently among us. So what do we mean when we talk about God's spiritual healing work? Well, the Greek verb that we see in scripture, sozo, was used in Jesus' day to mean both to save and to heal. And soter, another variation of that word, could signify either a savior or a physician. In our minds, those are two different things, but not in um, Jesus' time. So no wonder when Jesus heals, he weaves together healing the body and healing the soul. Us United Methodists look at God's healing work as a comprehensive and multifaceted uh, thing that takes place. I love this quote from the book of worship. It says, spiritual healing is God's work of offering balance, harmony, and wholeness of body, mind, spirit, and relationships through confession, forgiveness, and reconciliation. There is a lot happening in that sentence, and I want to help break it down so we understand how God works in healing in our lives. Because it can come in so many forms and ways. So first of all, the quote talks about bringing balance to our lives. Sometimes the healing that we need is because things just are out of whack. We need balance and harmony and wholeness to be restored. And we know that too much of anything is not good for us. So we can feel out of balance when our sleep patterns are off, when our diet is unhealthy, when our emotions don't seem to swing in the natural ups and downs of life. When we have too much work and not enough play or too much play and not enough work, there's so many ways our life can be out of balance. But God can bring healing by restoring the balance and wholeness back into our lives. This quote also points out that this wholeness is needed in our bodies, it's needed in our mind, it's needed also in our spirit, but also in our relationships with others. These are all the places in our life that we can experience brokenness, aren't they? And they're also the places where we can seek healing. And finally, this quote points out that God can bring this kind of healing in our lives through confession, forgiveness, and reconciliation. We understand that physical healing comes when whatever is not working correctly begins to work correctly. And often that is through the God-given gift of medical technology, medicine, that helps the physical healing come to us. But spiritual healing comes when we confess our sins, when we seek and offer forgiveness for wrongs that have occurred or that we've participated in, when we seek reconciliation and mending of broken relationships with God or with one another, how often... How often when we seek the spiritual healing in our lives that we actually begin to sense that whatever was ailing us physically also begins to heal. Sometimes they are very much interrelated. But my point here is that healing can come in a variety of ways. Sometimes we think just in terms of physical healing, but our well-being is so much more complicated And God absolutely longs to bring healing to our minds and our spirits as well. God recognizes that when we are hurting for others or because of others, healing is needed. This reconciliation that God can work between God and humanity, it can work between individuals and community, and it also can work within each person, But healing sometimes also needs to happen between humanity and the rest of creation. So I invite you to expand your understanding of how God can bring healing in your life. Apparently, the medical profession figured this out a long time ago. They recognize that there's a link between spiritual health and physical health. In 1998, Harvard Medical School sponsored a conference called Spirituality and Healing in Medicine. And one report cited the percentages of those who believe that there is a positive correlation between prayer, meditation, and other spiritual or religious practices and our healing processes of our bodies. Americans in general, 86% believe there's a correlation. 94% of HMO professionals and 99% Percent of family physicians believe there's a positive relationship there. So, in order to understand more fully how God's healing might work within us, let's look once again at those scripture texts that we heard this morning. The beautiful words from Psalm 103 remind us that nothing in our lives is outside of God's scope. And the psalmist reminds us that God's healing comprises of forgiving our sins, but it also can come in healing our diseases, redeeming our lives from suffering, from showering us with love and compassion. Healing can come by providing for us and by renewing our bodies. A picture of multifaceted healing and wholeness and a reason for us to give thanks to worship God because it is God's hand that brings this renewal into our lives. But when we look at the New Testament texts at what James teaches us, we see a snapshot of a practice of the early church and how they approached healing. They saw no difference between physical and spiritual healing. For them, it just all happens together. Anointing with oil has been a practice since the early church. It is an ancient practice. But also important in the healing practice is the laying on of hands. And we know this, right? We know that healing can come from touch. What is beautiful to me about the church's understanding of touch is that the hands of the anointer, they don't represent necessarily God, right? Right? The oil is what represents the healing touch of God. The hands bring solidarity of the whole community together. It's like part of the healing takes place is a community wrapping its arms around whatever need the person presents. It is communal. We're all going through this thing called life together. But this is the tension that we feel, isn't it? Because The world around us works so hard to cause us to feel like we've got to keep the broken parts inside of us hidden. That we've got to um, hide that away from the world for fear of looking weak. But in the early church, the sick called out for the elders to come and pray for them. They shared and leaned on the community as a source of healing and strength. So we invite you to lean into the community As a resource for healing and strength, for wholeness, and to bring redemption into your life. There's more that can be said, but I think that's enough for now. Because we're going to, uh, as we get ready to start this season of Lent, what better way, during a season of self-reflection and confession, that we are reminded that at the heart of it all, God longs for us to be whole well and at peace and when we are not whole well or at peace then maybe maybe we need to turn to God to seek healing to seek wholeness as only God can give us and thank goodness God loves us so much that God is willing to mend whatever is broken within us The question is, will you trust God's um, hand with your own brokenness? Will you trust the community with your brokenness? Can you look around and see that every single one of us, every single one of us is broken in some way? And that is together that we can be a healing community that cares for one another deeply, that understands that each one of us has something that we need to work on, something that needs God's healing touch. And that, that is okay. Let us pray. Lord, For some of us, open up our resistant hearts today so that we can trust our most vulnerable needs to your loving care. Help us to ask for the healing we need. And if words don't come easily, may we simply be present to your healing touch and receive. And if we are in a place of balance and wholeness, may we praise your holy name. Amen.